Good morning. We are here with Carly Hamilton-Jones out of New York. She's a mindset coach who helps high-achieving women dissolve mental roadblocks as they move forward to create a purposeful life and business. Welcome, Carly. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, so we met uh, approximately a few weeks ago, about a month ago, when I put out a post looking for guests to be on the Ambry podcast. You were one that responded, and I'm so glad that you did. Can you just take a minute and uh, introduce yourself and what you do to the sure. listener? Yeah. Yes, I'm Carly Hamilton-Jones. I am a mindset coach, um, I'm certified life coach, and I have a background in counseling and business. And I help women, I would, mostly in midlife, really redefine themselves to anchor into who they've always been and to use that to move forward to do really what they want to do in life and in business and in work to really get to the heart of their true selves and start doing things rather than keeping things spinning up in their head. Was there something in your own life and your own journey that moved you into this line of work? Um, yeah, you know, really my, the, when I look back at it, like every, everything that happened was to move me closer to this line of work. Um, you know, my I came from a mother who was a teacher, and she was a preschool, oh, excuse me, a kindergarten teacher. And I knew I didn't want to work with students, and I knew I, I just like always knew that I wanted to work with adults in business. But I also had a side of me that really wanted to make an impact and be in like a helping profession. So when I think back, like it all melded in together to get me to where I was, and I took. Definitely didn't. It wasn't a straight line. No. So it was really, you know, I started out in wanting to do business and human resources. And then I got my master's in school counseling. And I knew I didn't want to be in school counseling, but I knew I wanted to do something with counseling and that kind of thing and helping. And then I was like a high school guidance counselor. I really enjoyed it. I loved working with the teenagers, but still something felt like it wasn't perfect fit for me. And then after my third child, I ended up resigning to be home with my kids and trying to figure out what the heck I want to do with myself. And after a long progression of inquiry, trying to figure it out, applying to a million different jobs, trying to figure out what I should do, it kind of fell into place that I became life coach. Did you have to move through your own obstacles as so you resigned from you didn't want to go into schools, but you ended up going into schools and yeah. being a high school counselor. Um, and then after you resigned and you were ready to get back into the workforce, you started applying for the same jobs or similar jobs that you had had. Um, were there any obstacles that you found yourself that you yourself had to move through to get you to do exactly what it is that you were wanting to do? Oh, so many. Yes, so many. You know, outside of my own obstacles in my mindset, I would apply for jobs. I, you know, my whole life was spent really like kind of searching and reaching and applying for this job. And, you know, I really always had that determination to try to find the job of my dreams. And when it wouldn't come or I'd get rejected, I would feel so discouraged and frustrated and lost and like, what is this telling me? What sign is this? I feel like this is the perfect fit or will I ever find a job again, right? Like, will I ever make money? Will I ever 
get to the point where I'm feeling fulfilled in this dream I had of myself being successful and not knowing how to get there. It can be super frustrating. But I think we all, at some point in our lives, we have this vision of this is what perfect would look like. This is what a dream career would look like. And mm -hmm. do you find that as we grow, that changes and sometimes we get in our own way? Yeah, you know, I think that with every rejection we get or whatever, whatever path that seems to almost come to a dead end, we create more stories of us not being good enough, maybe us not having what it takes. Um, and then we create stories maybe like uh, we have to have things being perfect before we move on or we label ourselves, you know, I'm a perfectionist, I'm a procrastinator, I should be doing this, I shouldn't be doing that. And so it's almost like a suitcase full of these beliefs and the suitcase kind of gets heavier and heavier until we can get really just so unclear up in our head of what to do next. And then we've lost every sense, all sense of what we actually want to be doing in the first place. Right. And when you're working with women and you're helping them navigate this course and, and chart their, this course, um, how often do you find that we let other people pack our suitcase mm. with these truths and these beliefs? Yeah. The thing is that we, we do it all the time, but realizing that we're doing it is a whole nother ball game, right? Like we subconsciously go through this, taking on other people's baggage and thoughts and beliefs about us and creating them as if they were our own so that we don't even realize that they're really not ours or someone else's that has come in and kind of put those in our heads for us. Really? What, where does that self-awareness come in at? Yeah, it, it's it's easier to do have somebody else help you guide you through this to discern the thoughts that are yours and the ones that are maybe your fear based thoughts. Um, it's typically kind of where I package them up into like that's our fear talking, right? Like it's really everybody else's thoughts, beliefs, and our own old thoughts and beliefs that aren't helpful anymore. Um, I kind of put that into the umbrella of almost like fear based thoughts for my clients, and then to have them either by themselves or with the help of someone really discern what is the truth, right? Which is in our hearts and what is the fear keeping us safe, keeping us held back, keeping us confused so that we're in that nice, almost like I, I sometimes like to refer to it as like a baby blanket, right? Like we're wrapped up in this baby blanket and we try to let go of the baby blanket and all of these fears come up that we can't, we shouldn't. Um, so to really kind of see that it is just a mechanism for protecting us that isn't really serving us because we're going to be fine if we pull that baby blanket away. And outside of just the beliefs that we have ingrained, what is there any other contributing factors to, uh, to that fear that we, that we feel like we can't go after what we truly want, what we truly desire? Well, I think that what happens is sometimes, because this is natural, right, but we kind of have a belief that it's only us, that we'll make a couple steps forward or take that action that feels super scary, and then we fail or we don't get um, the approval that we're looking for, whether, you know, I say we're talking about an entrepreneur, like we don't get the likes that we want or nobody responds when we put ourselves out there. And those first steps are so vulnerable 
that we want to just run back to our hiding spot. So it's not only the thoughts, but it's also taking those actions and then getting super scared that it's not going to happen and we're going to feel like a failure and we're gonna be disappointed in ourselves. And that doesn't feel good. It kind of feels really crappy. So it, it's that, and then we decide to go back and we return to the comfort rather than saying, that's the natural part of moving forward. It's it's normal. Like if it didn't happen, right? If those if it didn't if we didn't feel or we didn't feel that discomfort, then there would be something wrong. But that's actually right, and it just means we have to keep going. And you said the word vulnerable. There is this vulnerability when you embark on something new. When you try to dip your toe into uncharted, you know, an, an uncharted water, un uncourse path, something that you're wanting to do. And everyone has that level of vulnerability. And you hear people saying, you you can't be, con don't be concerned with the likes. Don't be concerned with what other people think. Stop, stop worrying about what other people think. Those are great statements, but no one's really talking about how to implement that. How do you actively implement yeah. that? You have to believe in yourself to some extent. And so it really comes with trusting yourself and creating a relationship with yourself where that trust and that deep love and compassion within yourself is greater than the fear. And um, that, it, that takes work. It, it takes sitting with yourself. It takes recognizing what's really true to you, what's not, what's other people's thoughts, what's your own personal vision and believing. There has to be an element of belief, whether it's like 0.5% or 100, there has to be some belief inside of you that if you keep going, you will get there. If you keep the movement, momentum. Yeah. Going. Yeah. And I like, I like how you said there, ha even if it's a 0.5 level of belief, if that's at least that's something to start with. Yeah, that's why it is it's, it is helpful to have either a community or a coach or someone on your side who can, you can kind of believe in that person until you can create enough belief in yourself. Definitely these first steps, I, I feel like you're going to find yourself having to unpack a lot of stuff. You're going to have to do a lot of inner working if you're wanting to step outside what the norm is, that there is a level of inner work that has to be done to, to get started. And that's where um, someone like you, a coach, can really benefit and really help someone move through those first couple of steps. Yeah. But here's the thing. This is the good news. This is actually huge news. We think it's going to take this long, drawn-out process, but it really doesn't have to take that long. Um, it, it can come really quickly when we start realizing these patterns in our brain and what it's the same process for everything. So, you know, whether you want help with your relationship, whether you want a new job, when you, if, whether you want to create a new business, whether you want to start to get healthier within, whether you want to have more sleep, whether you want to declutter your house, like it really doesn't matter what it is because it's all the same process. It's like newsflash, like everybody out there who is, you know, saying they can do it better and, you know, they can help you and do this and there's specialty people for everything. We're all doing the same thing. We're all doing, we're all doing it's the it. same. It's the same inside job. It's, you only have to do it once. 
you know, so there's not like a special technique for every different area of your life. It's, it's one technique that will change everything. And that's creating your thought own thoughts is really like looking at your thoughts and changing that. There has to be a sense of freedom in that. Mm, Yeah. Super freedom freeing and empowering that it really all begins with a looking at your thoughts, noticing them, seeing those old beliefs, because a belief is just a thought that we keep believing. So a belief and a thought is, is basically the same thing. So noticing the thoughts in our head and then making a deep commitment to start to change them and slowly shift them and believing something different. And you have, I mean, you have the, the technique, you have the how, you know, you teach others, but you're still having to practice this, I imagine. Yeah, I don't, the, I don't think the work ever ends, but it's also super fun, right? It's like, I practice every day and I always still find sneaky little thoughts that want to come in, like sneaky little fear-based thoughts, because I'm always, I'm always looking to expand and to evolve. So when you're doing anything like that and you want to keep transforming, there's always going to be fear trying to keep you safe. So it's always going to continue to happen, which means it can get really fun once, once you know what to look for. Once you know what to look for. And when you're looking at this, have you come across where the fear has is, is substantiated? Where the fear actually makes sense? Mm. That is, yeah. it's serving a, a purpose to maybe not lead someone down an incorrect path or, or a wrong road or guide them to something a little different than what they were they were first imagining. Yeah, and that's where I think that the tr- the real the real work is is in the, the intuition, right? Is in that trust and be- developing a relationship with yourself so you can discern what the fear is trying to say to you, what you need to do, when you want to make that move. Now sometimes fear is saying, "Wait, not yet." And so what do you do with that? So you have to figure out what which one it is, right? Like, is it saying don't do it? Is it saying do it? Is it saying just hold off, not ready yet? And that's where that listening to your gut and starting to notice like where it's coming from, right? Is it a thought? Is it actually a feeling inside of you that's saying, you know, not yet, but I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna hold out on this a little longer. But if the, if the feeling is continuing, right? You guys pay attention to it. So it's really paying attention and noticing your body and noticing those emotions because really it's like whatever you're thinking will, and will cause a feeling. Right. So any thought creates a feeling. So what are those feelings? So it's not just the thoughts. It's also like, how am I feeling and what feels good and what doesn't feel good, and which is part of the whole process of getting to know yourself know yourself fully and exactly Mm. how you operate and you work. And I'm sure your clients, um, some of them stay more in the logical, um, more in the thought process while others spend time more in the emotional space or the feeling and into intuition space. Is -hmm. there ever a moment or is there ever a goal where you are, um, leaning on both equally or is it just a natural state for each of us to be stronger in one area versus the other? Yeah, you know what? They both serve a purpose. 
right? Like, but it depends when. Like I have, um, you know, clients who are meticulous and organized and really super great thinkers, and that serves in a lot of areas. But it doesn't always serve when they're trying to move forward with something that they know they desire and that brain keeps popping up and they're just overanalyzing and overthinking. So it is really kind of creating an equilibrium um, so that you can stand back and be neutral and figure it out. Right. And I'm I'm going to be 40 this year and I'm just now. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's in a few weeks. Um, <clears throat> but I'm just now getting to the point where I'm I'm listening to the intuition. Mm. Um, before I would listen to intuition and then I would have to um, find fact-based logic to go behind that. And I can say, because I made a move to do full-time um, consultancy um, just in March. And it's working. It's actually working. Yeah. But I didn't have the five-year plan that I thought that I needed to have. I didn't have the 20 clients that I thought that I needed to mm. have. Um, but there was definitely something that was pulling me that sort of overpowered all of the the business planning that I thought that we needed to have and the because I see the world in a flow chart. So I always mm, rely okay, on that. yeah. The feeling has to be backed up by evidence and logic. And I'm just now getting into that space where I'm going, and the confidence plays a huge part in this. Because if I'm going to trust the feeling and I'm going to trust that even if it's, even if the outcome isn't what I hope or what I imagine, I'm confident enough in myself that I'll be able to adapt, that I'll be able to, you know, change course or adjust course and still not be homeless and still not be a failure. Yeah. That's so huge. It's like that. It's trusting, right? It's like trusting uh, like what you can control. And then it's trusting the part that you can't control and it's almost like leaping without the net, right? And just going at it, knowing that you'll figure it out. It'll it'll be okay. Right. And having a full pipeline, having the, your income being spoken for is definitely important. It definitely gives you a sense of, all right, everything's going to be okay. But mm. when you're talking about trust, I... I don't know, something in, in my brain is making me think that we trust our clients or we trust the business plan, the piece of paper, the idea more than we trust ourselves and our ability. Yeah. And I think the money piece, I mean, holds so many women back because um, their practical side is like, what if I can't afford this? What if mm -hmm. I end up getting, you know, having debt and I should never be doing this and it's super irresponsible and I've got to have have all ducks in a row before, you know, before I go forward. And then we find ourselves one year, two year, five years, 10 years later saying the same thing. Right. And then at some point we say, well, you know what? I don't have that many years left in my life to keep doing this and to be living this way. So it's almost like, let's weigh, you know, is the, is the pain of staying here worth it? Right. Because you're not ever going to true. I mean, you'll, I think that you'll find, uh, places you'll find things that um, appease, but you'll you, you have to f you have to find a filler at some point when you're not happy yeah. with everything. And that could look like shopping, and that could look like food, and that could look like television or you know other 
vacationing, I guess, but it's definitely, you're going to have to find um, something that will offset the unhappiness of not doing what you truly want to do. Yeah. And some people just choose to settle and, you know, wait for like the big break when, when you think about it, like that doesn't really happen, right? Like everyone who you see, like I used to do this too. Like I used to see people who were successful and happy and I used to think that it was lucky, right? Or they had all this money behind them or all, but when you really comes down to it, no, they just decided to go for it and take risks. I mean, risk is synonymous with entrepreneurship, right? Like you have to take a risk. You you do, you do have to take a risk. one of the things that I really liked about our conversation, and I'm glad that you brought up entrepreneurship because we did talk about that. It's not always the entrepreneur that has to go through this work. It's the, it's the person scared to ask for the raise or scared to ask for the promotion and move forward in their career. Maybe they're apprehensive about going back to school to Mm. get the degree that they always wanted. Um, And I like that you speak to all of that. Because not everybody's dream is packaged in entrepreneurship. Not everyone's exactly. dream is packaged into being um, their own boss. Yeah. And you don't, they, a lot of times people don't know what their dream really is, right? Because they right. haven't given it that an, enough voice to even express it. So it might come out like someone might want to lose 10 pounds to feel better, thinking that's what's going to make her feel better. Right. And then, you know, once you start talking, you're like, you know, Oh, well actually this is what I really would want. Right. And then you're like, Oh, okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we're looking at the core, the root in my world, it's called root causes. And I love Mm. to find a root cause because if you find that and you address that, then all the other things that um, kind of mess with the process or mess with the outcome, fall into place when you find that root cause they go away or they fix themselves yeah and it's usually deep down usually has something to do with fear (laughs) yeah I guess I guess it would the fear the fear of things I I often thought that it had something to do with um confidence Mm. or self you know self-image as far as uh worth and and things like that, but it yeah, I think fear. I think it's the, it's the same thing, right? Like the confidence is almost like the opposite of fear, in, in terms of we're scared, we're fearful of what we're gonna what's what we're gonna find out about ourselves, right. right? What other people are gonna think about us? There's so many things rooted in that deep fear, or the fear that they'll be proven right. Yes, the fear that the fact that the the reason for the lack of confidence is actually warranted. That's it. That's a huge fear of mine. Like, what if I really am the dumbest person in the world and <laughs> should not be out here doing what I do? That's a that's yeah. a real fear. It is. And the other side of that is, what if I, what if I'm good at it, right? Like, what if I actually do succeed? There's a lot of fear that comes from that. Why? Why do you? Why do you think that is? I think I think it's really scary to think about us living in that maximum potential. Why? Because we're so used to playing small. We're so used to being in that space, that container. Is it a deserving issue? Is it, well, life is supposed to be hard? It's not supposed to be easy? Is it? 
I mean, yeah, you know, I from? when I first realized that I was really comfortable in that struggle, I still I still have to work on struggle and how that feels like my almost like my nature, right? It's got to be difficult. It's got to be hard. And without that, it, it's boring. It's too perfect. It's like I'm too exposed, right? Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be this easy. And I know, yeah. at least for my entire life, it's that is the if anything's worth having, then you have to be willing to work for it. If anything worth having, it won't come easy. Things, any variation of that has been told that I've heard throughout my life. Yeah. And then I was actually just writing um, an article about this too. And also, that we really are have been conditioned to not celebrate it, right? To not talk about it, even if something is going right. Like we don't want to be a pair bragging or we don't want to mm -hmm. be boastful. So that's a whole nother reason why we kind of stay in that smallness. But how do you move past it? What's the first step? Yeah. Um, recognizing it. I know it sounds so simple, right? Like we're talking about it, but really like noticing, like this could be, if anyone's listening and getting like a aha moment to anything we're saying. And I mean, basically what we've just said in this 25 minutes is like the key to success, right? Like everything we're just summing up that you and I are talking about. Mm -hmm. um, so really noticing it and then taking those safe space, like little safe baby steps to run your own run your whatever own do your own pace yeah make your own decisions like staying in indecision is a so, super painful place to be so making a decision and whatever it is noticing that you're making one celebrating those little successes trying something even if it's not like something huge but take those little risks and recognize that you survived it that you lived write a list of all the reason, all the times you did follow your heart, how they, you know, what happened, the times you made decisions and they were actually came true. So really focusing on all the stuff that does work because our brains want to go to like this negativity bias of what never happened, what didn't work, what wasn't successful, where we went wrong. So we have to retrain our brain to focus on all the times that we did things right, that we were smart enough, that we were good enough, that we, reasons why we are worthy, how we can get more confident. That's, that's hard for a person to do, I would imagine. Yeah. That's going to take some practice. It, it takes practice. Yeah. Definitely sitting at your desk. And I, I imagine that quite a few people would be staring at a blank sheet of paper for for quite some time trying to bring up to the surface all the times that they did do well. Combating negative self-talk is, is hard. And I think that that's why people look at, do I have the support system? Do I have anybody in my corner? Yeah. What advice would you give for people that, that don't have a support system? Everyone is, you know, either uh, not supportive or outright thinks that they're they're crazy that they shouldn't that mm. the majority of the time what they're hearing is no from yeah. society from their inner circle from their outer circle what's your advice for them well my words to them would be you can do it like i did it 
Okay, I, I've done it. I was in that space of a major anxiety, major fear, ma major self-worth issues, lack of self-confidence and everything, okay? So I am living proof it's possible. And now they can come back and say, but it's not as bad, right? Or they, what their brain is going to do is they're gonna be like, but you know what, you have an easier, I'm sure that this, or I'm sure that that. Okay, so number one, noticing that your brain, if you're listening, is probably doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and then seeing that you can do it. Now, it depends on how long you want to take, but my suggestion would be to give yourself that five minutes a day. Like I do have, I don't, I don't remember if we talked about my little um, freebie that is the five minute journaling prompts, but I would start by giving yourself five minutes a day to ask yourself a couple questions, even if it's just one question, even if it's how do I want to feel today? How, so you're taking that ownership back and you're starting to develop a relationship with yourself where you're listening to your feelings, your to intuition, what comes up. Usually the first minute, like first few minutes when you wake is the best time to do this before your brain starts getting into full gear. How do I want to feel today? And then write that down, like simple, something like that. And if you can try to create some consistency in doing that, that's huge too, because if you see anyone that has is successful in any way, they practice. It, they it takes discipline. It just does, right? Like I don't know anybody who doesn't um, do anything and have no discipline at all, whether it's in their morning routine or whatever it is, and it's successful. So starting by giving yourself that little five minutes of discipline, and also being compassionate when you may not do it, right? So that's a whole nother thing is to be forgiving with yourself, offering yourself grace when you're not doing it or you have to fall off the wagon and then to get back on and to spend that five minutes a day, just giving yourself that time. That would be my number one. And then it depends on how long you want to take. Like you could just read books and you can get you know, free material and do it that way. Or you can you know, hire somebody probably to help you see those thoughts a little faster than you're going to see yourself. Right. And, and that would be a really good prompting for someone. If someone is struggling to do this five minutes, if someone, if they are genuinely practicing, but they're not really seeing the rewards of that practice, or they're not seeing any change in that practice, that's definitely a time that they need to start looking at possibly hiring or working with someone that can help them see those things. It's definitely yes. a, a sign that there's something deeper to, to work through. Yeah. And like I said, it doesn't take long. I mean, I usually start with my clients on three months and we meet twice, twice a month. And it's amazing the thoughts you can see in that amount of time and shift. What is it like working with you? What would an experience, how would you describe that experience? Well, we start by getting really clear on all areas of a person's life. So I want to know kind of deep down, like where they feel like they are and where they want to be. And so that's kind of what I do before I even hire somebody on is we, or before somebody hires me on, we sit down and really get to know each other for an hour and, um, you know, for free and just chat and figure out if we're a good fit to work together. And then from there, I work on it with everyone for like an hour, we're pretty much an hour every two weeks. And we go through and we start off by just nailing, start nailing down what they want. What do you, what do you want to shift in this one hour session? And when they usually start talking pretty quickly, I can see um, thoughts that aren't serving them. And I'll point them out kind of right away. I do it in you know a really rhythmic way where 
I say, oh, you know, look what you just said. Noticing, notice what you just said. Mm. You know, and then what is that leading to? What feelings are the, do you feel now? You know, and how do you want to feel? So let's create a shift. And really quickly, they get clear enough to open up space for more ideas to flow, more creativity to flow. And then there's also an accountability piece because it's really difficult to do alone. Yes. Um, you know, I, yeah, I have, I've hired a coach for the last four years, um, different coaches, because it's harder to stay accountable. Life is there, our kids, right. our families, our other jobs, like it's, it's a lot. So accountability is a huge piece of how I help too. And then I hold that vision that they can't see because they're clouded with some of that fear-based thought. So I can look at someone and just be like, I have 120% belief in you because I'm seeing things from an objective point. I don't have all of that baggage like we were talking about earlier. So it's super easy for me to see that you're going to be able to do this. Right. And we ourselves cannot see ourselves in the total package. We just exactly. We can't. Um, but we can see other people in the total package. But I like your approach on the awareness. There's so much power in awareness, just being aware of it. And you really yeah. walk people through that in a safe way that's not so scary because there are some things that you become aware of, I think, in yourself and in your situation that kind of clobber you and can, you know, now what do I do? Now that I know, what do I do with this? Um, yeah. So that the fact that you do that in a very safe and methodical way, I, I have to say, has to be comforting. Yeah. And the one thing I want to say, too, is our brains want to make it complicated, right? If somebody listens to this, I promise you that this is what you have to do, right? Like, we like to listen to things like this and say, this can't be. And so then we go search for something else that's more complicated. And we make it in our minds, create all of like I spent one year of my business literally doing nothing productive except looking to see what I should be doing next, right? And worrying about what I wasn't doing. So it's really, I like to keep things very simple and clear and straightforward so that people actually create progress that's lasting. So if anyone's listening, this is it. This is what you have to do. This is <laughs> what it. we just said. Yes, don't go anywhere else. Don't go on the Google right now. <laughs> so what's the one exercise? Because I, I, wanna, I wanna practice um, an awareness. Uh, you know what I mean? There's just something because I love I'm, I'm a six Sigma. So everything about my consulting mm. side is about simplifying. So this is very interesting to me because while I'll simplify someone's business, I will overcomplicate my life. Like okay. that's just how that's going to work. Um, so I want to practice some of the simplification and I like the, how do I want to feel today? Mm -hmm. What's another prompt or what's another question that we could ask ourselves to highlight and, and really showcase what simplification, what awareness can do for someone. Well, I know it's, it can be a little cliche, but gratitude is huge is to really just that basic, like, what am I grateful for? What am I appreciating today? That's getting those juices flowing and it's positive. What did I do? Well, that works. And I like to say, and this is outside of journaling, but go with what you're feeling, right? So if you're feeling ornery or like irritable, immediately think about the thought 
that you're thinking. So that's a huge signal. Any kind of feeling is a signal that you're thinking something. So look at that thought, write it down, and then start saying, like, what is, where is this thought coming from? Which is, it can be fun, right? To say like, okay, I'm feeling gross. I'm feeling irritable. It's because I'm, and then you say like, oh, I don't know, I'm guessing. Okay, and your brain might be like, well, what if I do this and it doesn't work? Right. Right. So then write down, what if I do that? What did, what if I do this and it doesn't work? Right. And then you can say, oh my God, it's right there. This is the thought that's getting me feeling, feeling like irritable or anxious. What am I going to do with that thought? Because that thought isn't serving me. Right. So what can I think? Right. And is, is it helpful to look at it from the other side? Like now that, you know, you have that awareness. Okay. So what if it doesn't work? What's, what am I going to do next? Okay, fine. Let's say it doesn't, but it's tangible because it's in front of you instead of right. inside of you, right? Exactly. So you can start dealing with it rather than spiraling. Yes, because our brains want to overcomplicate things. Yeah. And negative will get will be get negative, and you negative have, will always win. Yeah, negative yeah. will always win. Oh, this was a great interview. A great interview to have. I mean, I know it's not morning for you, but it is morning for me. And um, this is a great interview to have at the, you know, early part of the day. I feel like the I'm rest so of my day is going to be great. Yay! I yeah. love it. I'm so glad. Can you tell people where they can find you so that they can feel just as great as I am? Yes. Carly Hamilton Jones, C-A-R-L-Y Hamilton Jones, all one word, dot com is my website. And that's also my Instagram handle and Facebook. Find me there. Perfect. And everyone, you can read uh, you can read about Carly in the episode guide and in the show notes. The links will also be in the show notes. Um, thank you so much for joining Thanks for me. having me. Have a great day. You too. A big shout out to all the supporters and sponsors of the Ambry Podcast. Without you guys, we couldn't keep doing this show week after week. Very, very big special shout out to our co-producers, Jay Beam and T. Martin. You ladies are amazing every single time. Thank you so much for your support. If you would like to be a live audience member and support the Ambry Podcast, you can find us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N forward slash Ambry. For as little as $2 a month, you get to see the interviews before anybody else gets to hear them and get bonus content with our guests. See you all around. Have a great day. Bye.